Cultivating Calmness podcast. My name is Kayla Vance and I'll be your host today. Today I wanted to take a little bit of a personal dive and just talk a little bit about some of my grief experience that came up actually just this past weekend. So if you are new to following me and new to listening, I am a trauma and grief therapist located in Dublin, Ohio, and I recently <clears throat> launched my new new practice. I was already in private practice, but recently launched my new practice, Teal Sawara Wellness, with the intention of expanding into other modalities and treating um, people uh, on a holistic level from different uh, modalities that um, where, where you can receive healing in many different ways, not just um, from the medical standpoint, but um, any of the physical standpoints um, that you may be wishing to have, including therapy, which is what I, which is the role that I play. So um, this is a little bit about me. And um, again, if you're just joining me, I kind of started this process um, into therapy many, many, many years ago. I have now been a therapist. I'm coming up on 11 years having my license as a therapist. And this all started back when I was really little. My mom uh, died from ovarian cancer when I was seven. And from that time on, I had wanted to be in some kind of helping profession. And as I remember it, I wanted to be a gynecologic oncologist. And yes, I knew that that's what I wanted to be um, at 10 years old and knew what that word was and why I wanted to be that. Um, and as I got older, I, I wanted to continue with that path, uh, but some other options also started to flow in. Um, so when I went to college, I volunteered with a group called Up Till Dawn and they did fundraising for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So I had the privilege of being able to visit and tour that hospital and that property and, and all the things that they have to offer. Um, I think at least twice. Um, now that I'm thinking, I think I was three times I've been there. Uh, it's a pretty amazing place to be to see the work that they did. But in doing that and in doing the fundraising, I also um, then considered wanting to do pediatric oncology. Uh, but before I even went to college, um, I actually had a slight interest in Holocaust studies. So I had looked at some schools where that was an option. Um, but for the most part, I had wanted to be in a helping profession. Uh, though recently I did find a, uh, when I was looking through some, some of my old stuff from childhood that my dad saved for me, I found uh, some kind of, it must have been a project for school and the, some kind of letter or journal entry of some kind. I apparently wanted to be a singer and a movie star like Barbara Streisand and Julie Andrews. Um, so musicals are still a passion of mine. I love theater and musicals. So, um, I did watch a lot of their musicals growing up. So that doesn't surprise me, but I did not recall wanting that until recently. Anyway, um, I did not obviously become a gynecologic oncologist or a doctor of any kind. Uh, but in college, I followed the path of, as a health educator, graduated, and um, didn't 
graduate college with a job um, in that field. Wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with that degree. Um, and it wasn't until I was in my last semester home for an internship and um, I tragically had a cousin unexpectedly die. Um, and that was kind of, for me, the turning point for me, knowing like th that I wanted to go into counseling. So from, from that moment, I started looking into um, you know, counseling options where I could um, get a degree in counseling of any kind and wh what, uh, what that even meant. That would be a topic for another podcast or another episode is just figuring that whole system out. Um, and kind of the rest is history. So that's how I became a therapist and um, got into this field and wanting to help people like myself, wanting to help people who have experienced loss and tragedy and trauma and be able to work through that. So on that note, I just wanted to share a little bit about how trauma it changes through the ages and um, grief changes through the ages and you may think you're over it. So as a therapist, I often hear that, that, you know, I did therapy before and I thought I was over this, but this, you know, it's come back and it's bothering me again. And I would say that that's completely normal, that you've never been at this place right now where you are today. You've never been here before. So you are going to experience life. You are going to experience those losses and those traumas again in a different way because you have never been where you are today. You've never been in this moment in time, this place in your life. And for me, I am experiencing a little bit of that and I have been experiencing a little bit of that for the last year or so. Nothing very big, um, but things that would just play in my mind, worries that I would have. And some of that I would attribute to um, a mild trauma response, um, some of that attributing to just the grief, grieving process. Um, but as I've said, my mom died from ovarian cancer. So as a female um, and as her offspring, as her daughter, um, that is a possibility for me too. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily believe that just because my mom had ovarian cancer, that that is what I'm going to eventually get. It is obviously a possibility, but anything is a possibility. Um, you know, there's all kinds of factors that play into whether somebody gets sick or not. And that's a whole other subject we can go into, but, um, you know, lifestyle choices and exposures and things like that can affect whether you do or do not get something that a family member of yours has had. But that is something that has concerned me. And over the last year, because my mom was 35 when she died. So this last year I was 35 and it was something that was on my mind frequently, little symptoms that would come up here and there, or I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, is that cancer? Oh my gosh, is that cancer? Oh my gosh, am I gonna die? Um, so to me, that speaks to you know some of that trauma response and knowing that that's how she died. Am I, you know, then questioning, like, is that gonna be happening to me too? And then that would cause worries about, you know, my family and my kids and, you know, what are they gonna do and how are we gonna, you know, handle that. Um, you know, luckily that's not what was going on, not what is going on. And, um, like that isn't a concern, um, at least not at the moment. And so, you know, it's, 
a way that those things can show up in your life. So a trauma response is you know something that our body and our mind does as like a reaction to those reminders and those stimuli um, that kind of bring us back into a moment where we did experience trauma. So a example of that would be something like you know, if you're walking in the woods and you come across a bear. Um, I don't know how many people come across a bear in the woods, but if you were to come across a bear, we know that that's not a good thing. So most of us know that that is not good and our bodies are going to go into fight or flight. Okay. And we are going to react. Our heart rate's probably going to go up. We might sweat. We might run. We might freeze. Um, and right off the top of my head, I don't know that I could tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, but you get out, everything's fine, right? Nothing bad happens to you. But the next time you're in the forest and you hear like a twig snap, for example, it, your body jumps right into that fight or flight response that you were in when you saw that bear the first time. Why? Because it reminded you of that feeling that you had when that experience happened. And so you're going to be able to take in your surroundings and recognize like, oh, I'm not in danger. I'm safe. You know, that was just my you know, partner over here or so-and-so stepped on a twig or me and nothing bad's happening. We're safe. But that may take you a little bit to calm down, to get your body regulated. So the same thing can happen when um, there's lots of uh, other things going on. It could be a touch. It could be a smell, uh, a taste, a, a sensation. Um, it could be a time of the year. So sometimes people will have bad things happen in uh, at a certain time of the year and maybe they're not consciously thinking about something they're not consciously aware that something has happened or that it's that time of year but their body does their body remembers right you know your body knows that it's winter out right now and so it's like oh whenever it, you know in the winter when it's cold like this this is when that bad thing happened and you start to get agitated and you're more irritable and um, you maybe you can't sleep well and maybe you're having body aches and pains and maybe nothing else in your life has changed so you don't understand why these things are happening. It could be your body's response to that time of year. So a trauma response can, can happen for any number of reasons and it can cover a vast array of symptoms and experiences. Uh, but I would attribute some of like my experiences over the last year to that and just the um, grief. Um, you know, my mom died and I was the same age as she was when she died. So what came up this past weekend, my birthday was this past weekend on Sunday is that I am officially older than my mom ever was. And that has actually been on my mind for the last year is that, you know, after this year, I'm going to be older than my mom ever was. My mom was not on this earth longer than 35 years and it just feels a little weird to me. I don't, sometimes I don't know how to feel about that. Do I feel good about that? Do I feel bad about that? Um, does that bother me? Does it not bother me? I would say that it, it does make me feel a little, a little weird. And I have my tea in my mug from when I was little. It's a little mermaid if you are watching and there's a little chip in it, but I just can't get rid of it because well, it was one of my favorite mugs, and so I keep it. I still have it today. Um, but tea is good for the soul and the body, and I love 
drinking some tea. So just taking a little break there for um, a drink if you're just listening. But I have a picture here of my mom that I brought to share. And so if you're watching, um, this is a picture of my mom. And I would guess, because I'm not certain, but this is a picture of her in um, for her job. She worked for the United States Postal Service. And she, actually, you can't really see it, but she's wearing a pin here that's a postage stamp of a lighthouse. I might still have that um, in my room. But um, I don't know exactly how old she was in this picture. Uh, but I'm guessing she was probably about 33. This was before she was sick, before she had the cancer. By the time she was diagnosed with cancer and died, um, I think it was a full year or just about a year from the time she was diagnosed to the time she died. Um, and so I don't know that this was taken any time in that time frame. but um, so I am currently older than she is in this photo. Um, and that just feels a little weird to me. And, um, you know, I often, um, luckily, I guess, get people that tell me that I look like her, which um, makes me smile and um, is a positive memory. And even though it's a positive memory, I'm going to get like tears in my eyes right now. Um, just because it, 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 the, the, the grief part of that, I guess, is that it makes me happy to hear that. And it also makes me sad, you know, that she's not here, um, to be able to experience that with me and that I'm not able to watch her grow and age. And she hasn't been able to be here with me to watch me grow and age and experience life. And, um, you know, if you believe in God as I do, you know, I believe that she's in heaven and that she's watching over me and that she's always with me. Um, and so I know that she's always here with me and experiencing life with me, but we know that that's just not the same as having somebody, you know, right here with you, able to sit down and have a conversation with you and talk with you and provide insights and let you know, like, well, when I was your age, you know, fill in the blank. So I've never had any of those experiences. And as I reflect on missing my mom and that grief process, you know, I, I miss that. I miss that I never had that experience. So grief is sometimes the loss of the, the things that never will be and never were. Um, it's you that she wasn't able to be there on my wedding. It wasn't able to hold my children and give me advice and, you know, share all the things that moms share with their kids. Um, you know, she's not able to be my best friend. I have friends whose um, their moms are their best friends. And, you know, there's a twinge of, you know, jealousy and hurt there sometimes when, you know, I think about that because then I think like, oh, I don't have that. I don't have that opportunity. That's not something that I will ever be able to have. Um, you know, so that's a piece of grief is just be, being able to see that other people have things um, and experiences that you don't have and you don't get to have. Um, the flip side of that is that you have other opportunities and other experiences. So for me and my family, we were lucky enough to be able to have a good support system. So I did not have one mom. I had many moms and, uh, that, that was in the form of aunts. That was in the form of uncles. That was in the form of grandparents, um, friends, parents, um, you know, 
it was everybody around us that stepped forward and took a role in helping to raise my siblings and I, you know, on top of my dad, you know, my dad then became a single dad and, you know, he did the best he could and he did the best with the help that he had, which was our family. So, you know, I have all of those people to thank and still thank today. I have, you know, I still have a relationship with, with my aunts and my uncles and my grandparents and recognize now things that maybe I didn't recognize then when I was little, things that I didn't appreciate when I was little, I definitely appreciate now. And as a parent and as an adult, I can recognize that those things were, um, you know, helpful and that they were trying to raise me the best that they thought they should. Um, and you, you know, I learned those things now as an adult, having conversations with my family members, um, how, you know, different ones felt about other family members choices, you know, uh, well, we didn't think that you should be doing this. And, you know, then another family member, well, we didn't think you should be doing that. And, um, so that can be a, I don't know, a downside to having multiple people in the mix trying to help you and trying to raise you and trying to make choices is that everybody has their own opinion as far as what is right and wrong and what you should and should not do. Um, but overall, I'm grateful to have had that. I know that many families and many children who lose a parent specifically don't have as good of a support system. And so, you know, they uh, maybe don't have as good of experience in being able to heal from that trauma. And so, you know, I did get you know, grief therapy and, um, you know, from a local, local services and local groups that offer those services, which I would say weren't as available then, um, as they are now. It's been, a, I think it's 28 years. I haven't done the math. Um, this year will be 29 years. So it's been 28. This year will be 29 years since my mom died. And, uh, there, there weren't as many services. And now I am part of a group that offers, um, or that provides education for grief services for children. The, um, National Alliance for Children's Grief, NACG, I always flip the, flip the words and the letters in there. Um, they are an excellent group that has been offering services for people around the country and around the world um, for children, grief services for children. So um, I know that today children are, those services are more available to children like me than they were when I was little. So again, I was just very lucky to be able to get services, but that doesn't mean that I don't experience grief. That doesn't mean that grief doesn't bother me, upset me. As we go through phases in life, just as I explained with trauma, you can um, re-experience that grief just in a different light because you're in a different place. So I am looking at my mother's death now as a 36-year-old different than I did when I was a 25-year-old, than was I when I was a 16-year-old, than when I was 10, and then when it just happened when I was seven. Every stage of life brings about a different viewpoint you know, before I was a mom, I was never a mom. So I didn't have those concerns. You know, I wasn't looking at life through that lens. After becoming a mom, I'm looking at life from that lens. I'm seeing, you know, oh my gosh, what must it have been like for my mom to, you know, that she was dying and leaving children behind and leaving family behind. I'm able to experience that now. And I'm able to think about that and 
think about how scary that is and how upsetting that is, um, not only from a parent's perspective, but then from also knowing it from a child's perspective. I wasn't able to do that 10 years ago. Um, I am able to do that now. And that just brings up you know, a whole other level of grief and um, experience. So I'm just here to say that grief is an ongoing process and the waves aren't as big. Um, there are moments where I experience grief and loss and wonder and, and question and um, there are moments where uh, I don't. And that is what I hope for anybody who comes to see me. That is what I hope for you if you're listening, if you're experiencing grief and loss, is that, you know, in the beginning, it, it feels all-encompassing. It feels like that's the only thing. You know, if this was a bookshelf back here behind me, you know, this would feel like grief and this is the only thing on the shelf if everything was, else was off of it. But as you go through life, as you move through your grief, we add things to the shelf you know, moment by moment, day by day. And then, you know, we realize that our grief is on the shelf, um, but it grows with us versus staying the same. Um, and I know that can feel really hard if you're in the midst of some grief right now, uh, but your grief will change. Um, it's important for you to get some help for that. It's important for you to talk to people. It could be a therapist, it could be friends, it could be your uh, your pastor or religious leaders, whoever you feel comfortable talking to. Um, you know, as a therapist, I recommend therapy uh, because you know there are ways that we can work towards healing. I'm never gonna be able to make it feel better. I can't, you know, take away that loss and bring that person back for you but we can help you move through that and learn to experience life without them in the same way um, as you did when they were here. So um, today I will finish off, I'll end this with a quick funny. Um, so if you are watching, I have some earrings. These were my mom. So this is one way that I um, you remember my mom uh, as I do still have some of her things and I have some of her earrings. So. This is a funny, I wore these the other day on my birthday and it became a debate at our family table as to what they are. So anytime I wear them, I get this debate. So I'm gonna show you and it's just a question. What shape are these earrings? What shape are these earrings? You can let me know. You can message me or comment or whatever. Um, or just think to yourself, what do you think these are? Uh, I took a poll on my personal social media and um, the the vote was you almost unanimous. Um, and I'll give you the options that I gave them. And it was dinosaur bone or something, a dinosaur, shark tooth, steak, or hearts. You let me know. What do you think? What are these earrings? And with that, I will let you go. Thank you for joining me today. And I will see you next week for the Cultivating Calmness podcast. Have a wonderful day.